Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Pro Podcast, where we this week are lucky enough to be joined again by another special guest for what I think is a especially interesting one-on-one interview. I'm joined by a man who could have a significant role to play as Saudi Arabia continues its drive to become a major force in the global sports industry. Moving over from running Australian Soccer's A-Leagues, Danny Townsend was recently appointed as the CEO of Surge Sports Investments, a company backed by the Saudi State Public Investment Fund, and one that has been tasked with identifying opportunities that accelerate the growth of the sports sector in both Saudi Arabia and the MENA region. Surge has already made one high-profile deal, investing more than $100 million to take a minority stake in the PFL MMA promotion with part of those funds going towards the establishment of a new PFL MENA Regional League. Hopefully that's enough background. Let's get to the interview. Danny Townsend, welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast. Lots and lots to discuss, I feel like. Been a kind of interesting last 12 months for you. Can you tell us about that journey? Moving from the A-Leagues to, uh, is it Surge? Is that the correct pronunciation? It is, yeah, Surge Sports Investments. Um, Yeah, look, it was not something I was looking for at the time, minding my own business down in Sydney and and running the A-Leagues and we got contacted by CAA who originally put it on my radar probably over 12 months ago now and spent so six or seven months with them and the PIF and the team there working through the opportunity and what we collectively wanted Surge to be and uh, yeah, here I am. When you first get that call, what's that like? Are you sort of thinking, I don't know, yeah, this sounds kind of interesting. Are you, oh, Saudi Arabia, I don't know about that. Big move. How does, how does that feel? Yeah, look, I, I worked 14 years of my career abroad. We lived in Singapore, London, New York, so my family have been accustomed to working abroad and I think going back to Australia was really important for us as a family to have the young kids do their high school years in, in Sydney and, and we've done that largely. We sort of always viewed that there might be an opportunity to go back overseas again. Um, We'd be always up for another adventure. And when this was presented, obviously you sit down with your family and you work out whether or not the sacrifices you're going to make in order to make these things happen are worth it. And we sort of agreed that it was the right time. And, you know, the ambition and what Saudi were doing, not just in sport, but in general as a a kingdom, was just an opportunity I couldn't refuse. I'd like to talk about the, the structure of Surge and how it's going to operate with the PIF. It's kind of interesting that we've got to this point where the PIF has investments in Newcastle United, it has investments in Live Golf, it has investments in in boxing. Where does this new investment firm come in? And like, how does that impact and work with the existing investments that the PIF has? We are a portfolio company of the PIF. We have one shareholder and it is the PIF. And like any portfolio company, you align to the broader strategy of the organisation. And for us, we're slightly different in that we also have other key stakeholders in Saudi that we work closely with, the Ministry of Sport being a key one. And I think the difference around Surge and our mandate is really about looking long-term at the sports sector and developing it in Saudi. But also we think about our investments, how do we align to the Ministry of Sports priority sports strategy? Um, And then how do we make sound investments in global sports assets that in some way, shape or form we can localise in the MENA region and in the kingdom? So it's fair to say this is more of a domestic kind of investment firm. You look overseas, but with the idea of that investment paying off 
in the domestic market? A bit of both. We'll be making international investments, not domestic investments. So it'll be all very much around investing in global sports IP that we can bring to life in the kingdom, whether that be through a world-class event, whether that be through a elite development pathway and academy. Part of our mandate is to work towards the Vision 2030 plan of mobilising Saudi Arabia. And I think sports inspiring young kids to try and play sports is something that's very important to surge. So we'll be making international investments, but in some way, shape or form, localising them. And will, will those like existing ex- investments, do they, will they at some point come under the surge banner or are they just going to continue to be operated outside of that? How will that relationship work? Yeah, at this stage, they're, you know, they're relatively autonomous to us at the moment. But obviously, when we're all talking about enhancing the sports sector, we work very closely with them. Obviously, you know, Live Golf is bringing events to life in the region as well. So very similar mandate to the surge mandate. But currently, they're still sitting inside the PIF international vertical of the business. And is the kind of the idea that eventually it all comes under one roof, apart from obviously the, the big, big roof, which is the PIF? Yeah, look, possibly. I think that all remains to be seen. I think we're operating with a mandate that is what it is today, whether that changes over time. You know, one thing I noticed about working with the PIF is extremely pragmatic about how they approach everything they do and very sophisticated investor and how they think about structuring their organisation, no doubt, like every business will change over time. What have been your like impressions of the first few months there? Like you said, you've been impressed with like, their structure, but like anything that's kind of come as a bit of surprise or something that you weren't expecting or has it been roughly as described? Yeah, look, I think probably better than what was described. I think when you look from the outside in, you think it might look a certain way, but until you move there and live there and deal with the individuals that you deal with every day, you really get an understanding of the conviction and the capacity of the kingdom to do everything it says it's going to do. You know, there is an ambition that's been laid out in His Royal Highness's vision, and I think everyone in the kingdom is behind that vision in whatever sector they're in. And I think for us as custodians of the sports sector, working with the PIF, working with the existing surge staff who are young, hungry, well-educated Saudi Arabians who are keen to make a difference. I think it's been, yeah, it's been really nice. You mentioned the perceptions that perhaps existed beforehand. What were they for you when you went there? I didn't really have a perception, to be honest. My view was that it was a progressive country looking to continue to change. And I think I've worked in those before when I was in Asia and Singapore and other markets there, like when China was trying to drive a genuine sports sector. You know, I've seen nascent marketplaces develop and I think what I've seen observed from now being inside the kingdom is that there's a special conviction about this project that I think will stay the test of time and have a huge impact on the global sports landscape. You mentioned China. Do you see any parallels between what China attempted to do with the Chinese Super League and what not just Surge but the PIF is trying to do with all of its sports investments or do you think there's a bit more backing to it, a bit more long-term vision? Yeah, I wouldn't want to discount what China did. I think in that era they were having major events, had Olympic Games, had an enormous amount of sport outside of their football commitments. But I wasn't necessarily privy to what they were doing in the visionary side of things, medium, long term. And I think what I've seen with Saudi Arabia that is potentially different is understanding that in order to change culture and have an impact on social change, it takes a long-term sustained commitment to the sector. And that means building a genuine economy around the sports sector in Saudi Arabia and the neighbouring countries. So I think that vision and that commitment could be slightly different to what went before it in China. What are those long-term things like that broad platform that's being established by Saudi Arabia that we perhaps don't see looking from the outside in? Yeah, it's, it's... 
a facilities commitment, so building facilities for Saudi Arabians to participate in sport. I think when you, you're culturally not used to being directed down a sports path, there's no need to build facilities to accommodate that sort of social structure with the ambition to really mobilise Saudi Arabians and building infrastructure is going to be really important. Coaching, connectivity, how you organise sports, amateur community sports are challenging to deliver against and I think being able to support an economy around that delivery capability to just get coaches coaching young kids getting competition formats set up getting the facilities right you know that's table stakes in any sports sector and I think that's what you know we're going to play a part in developing through the investments we're making internationally that will ideally be an inflection point for young Saudis to get behind sports and and really enjoy what it has to offer. Do you see sort of Serge's role as bringing the inspiration in? So importing that inspiration. So let's say the PFL deal, for example, you're importing that to show this is where you can get to. Because, I mean, that's like what the West has, what other what other major nations have. Is that is that how you see it? Absolutely. The, the PFL is a perfect example of our investment mandate. We've invested in the global platform that is the PFL and, and more recently Bellator and put those two together. We see MMA as a growth sport globally and we've got obviously the UFC who are a leader in that space. There was some genuine white space for us to drive into with the PFL and Bellator and I think what, what's happened there over the last 12 months has been astounding as an organisation. So we continue to see that grow but part of that was the Ministry of Sport had combat sports as a, a top priority sport for Saudis. We've set up a joint venture in the, the MENA region called PFL MENA where we're responsible for driving a league within the MENA region which is a pathway for aspiring elite MMA fighters to make it to the world stage. So with that, with the Kadia project, we're working with them on a combat sports facility that will be a world-class training facility for MMA athletes. So if you think about high performance, you think about participation, you think about you know, major events, PFL and Bellator deliver on all three of those. And why is it like not just being Saudi and being MENA region? Why is that important to, to the PIF? I think, look, and this is an early observation of mine, I think His Royal Highness has such a vision that that vision supports a successful region. And I think Saudi Arabia plays a role of leadership in the region in many sectors. And, and I think sport is another one of those sectors that I think we have ambition to lead in. And if we can bring more events and more capability to the region, then, then the Middle East, North Africa region becomes a real significant player in the next sort of growth stage for global sport. Sort of like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You want sport to come to your region because if if that's the case, the region is getting stronger as a sporting proposition. And and I think you will see, you know, if you talk about the Asian emergence probably 20 years ago, you know, the US has always been a juggernaut. You know, Europe has long been a key stakeholder in sport. I think over the next 10 years and beyond, I think the Middle East, North Africa region will play a very influential role in the growth of the sports sector. We talked about MMA, combat sports. Is it just kind of taking a sport by sport approach and looking at the opportunities within that? Are there any specific sports aside from MMA that you've been kind of, this is this is an area we would really like to go to? Yeah, I think firstly, we start with the Ministry of Sports, priority sports. So we want to make sure whatever we're bringing into the kingdom is going to resonate with Saudis and there's a baseline of engagement that exists. But I think what I look at and, and the way we're thinking about investments is foundationally strong sports that have big global participation, that serve the biggest economies in the world, that 
have got a rich history that may well not be performing at the professional level as well as they should otherwise be for whatever reason. Maybe they've got a bit stale, maybe they've got a governance issue, maybe, you know, could be various different reasons where our our capital and, and our, I suppose, initiative can assist in the resurgence of that sport. So that's largely our philosophy at the moment. Let's talk about golf. Like what you just described there, kind of sport, which perhaps has had got a little bit stale and perhaps had governance issues. Is that what you think why they targeted that first and then that now been adapted as the approach for Surge? Oh, look, I think the, the PIF's motivations around Live Golf were all done before my time, so you'd have to ask someone from the PIF that. However, what it has done is demonstrate yeah, the, the capacity and the capability to actually put on a fantastic sporting experience. And what I've seen on the back of Live Golf coming in as the CEO of Surge is that sports are wanting change. So if they've seen what the kingdom has done before in that space, then the willingness to open the front door and say, come in and work with us on meaningful transformation. And I think I like to use the word transformation because there's a positive connotation to transformation over disruption. In reality, they're sort of the same thing. Disruption just tends to have a bit of a negative slant to the way it's perceived. So we want to be transformative in the sports. We want to be accretive. We want our investments to naturally grow the sports we're investing in and we're confident we can do that. So when we're seeing, and like I think it's usually broadly badged as Saudi money or Saudis in talks with various different properties, I think in the last month I've counted like the WTA, ATP, probably some boxing too, obviously all of the football stuff. Who is that? Is that you guys? Is that the PIF? Who is now leading that conversation and being badged as the Saudi money? Firstly, it, not everything you read in the, in the paper is true, but at the same time, I think with our ambition for what we're trying to do as the kingdom and, and particularly as surge sports investments as we grow and invest in more sports, of course, we're going to be talking to many sports about how we can make a difference. The PIF, through their international arm, are also talking to different sports, So, but we have a very close connectivity to ensure we remain aligned and we're having the right conversations. And there are also people outside of the PIF who may be interested in investing in sports. Surge and the PIF are not the only investor in sports. There are already examples of, of prominent Saudis who invested in Premier League clubs and other things. So talking to Saudi could mean many different things. I think what we're about is putting a little bit of structure and a, and a bit of strategy around where the investments are, are coming from, what we're investing in and the reasons for doing those investments. And what are those sports that you're most keen on? Like what are the ones you think are ripe for transformation right now? Look, I, I can't really talk about the specific sports we're talking to given the, the confidence in which we deal with people on in, but I think fundamentally as I laid out, you know, mass participation, mass market, rich histories, you know, you, you don't need to, to think too deeply to work out which ones fit that criteria. So I think, look, we're also looking at emerging sports and creating our own IP with sports that may be looking for niche development of certain market segments that may not be engaging with the traditional formats of the sport. So we don't have a very finite view on where we invest or how we invest. We're very much open to any way we can be involved to improve the sport we're investing in. And like when it comes to opening negotiations, is that a difficult conversation? You mentioned that some of these sports are very welcoming, but there must be some that are also maybe a bit sceptical. 
Not my experience. And I think that's time. Like time is moving on. People are, are moving fast. And I think the the authenticity of the commitment to building a sports sector is recognised now quite broadly by those outside of Saudi Arabia. And I think that's only going to continue to dissipate. And I think as we do more and demonstrate capability and conviction, then, then those questions will go away. But I think fundamentally for me in my experience, I've not had anyone not want to take a call or have a conversation about a sport in my time in the role. Is that maybe because of your profile? That's like potentially one of the reasons why why you were recruited to do that as a, as a kind of not say I don't want to say friendly face, but as someone as a recognisable figure that people know that okay, all right, they're serious. They brought in this guy from, from the A leagues. I don't think so. I don't think it took someone like me to change people's perception. I think it's just a genuine continuation of the work that's being done in the kingdom to evolve the country and continue its path and journey that it's on in sport. So, you know, it's flattering to think about that, but I don't, I don't think it works like that. I, I think fundamentally where we're headed is clear. You know, World Cup bids, Asian Cups. We've we've got. You know, Olympics down the track, you know, there's there's a long-term commitment to this sector and that's an authentic one. I think as that authenticity is seen more broadly, we'll just continue down the path and I'm sure we will have an enormous impact on the global sports landscape in the years to come. You mentioned those bids for major tournaments. How much are you guys involved with putting together those bids, with working on them, with working with the other stakeholders? Yeah, they're largely led by the Ministry of Sport and the PIF from a private sector perspective. So naturally we have an involvement in that. As we think about stadium operations and commercialisation, it's something we're exploring with the Kingdom. So we'll certainly have an involvement in them. Obviously we're not investing in a FIFA World Cup or in an AFC Asian Cup because they're not investable businesses based on their structure but as a supporter of the major events in the country of course we will have some some role to play i know we talked about it at the top but like where exactly do you fit in that picture then so it's it's your you're finding those when it comes to those major events where is it you see your like surge's role so when you're investing in in sports then if you take the top 20 sports of the ministry are looking at and then you look at which ones actually are structured in a way where you can invest in a private sector proposition within that sport, they're, they're limited because some of the sports governance models just don't allow for that. And then there's niche opportunities within those sports in and around the governance model that are probably less interesting than if you can really drive into an existing commercial asset that that operates as a commercial enterprise. So there aren't a huge amount of options to invest in sport. It's a difficult sector to get deals done in. Um, So particularly when you've got a mandate like ours, which is look at global IP, how can we bring that IP to life in the region and in the kingdom through major events? But if you think about bringing, you might be investing in a world tour, for example, and having the final event of the world tour in Riyadh is an example of a sort of sport that we would invest in that would have a 12-month-of-the-year global proposition that we would also want to bring to life for Saudi brands. We've got an enormous list of ambitious Saudi brands that are looking to grow their reputations internationally through sponsorship. Uh, And then we've got an ambitious tourism authority that wants to bring major events to the kingdom to drive tourism and, and other components of that sector. So you bring those three things together it's a very unique proposition when you're having conversations with the sports sector. To put it in kind of terms that I understand as a, as a football fan, right? So um, it used to be a, a tournament that was in the US in the, in the summer. So like that was a, a pre-season tournament. I can't remember what it was called now. Maybe International Super League, something like that anyway. International Champions Cup. I think That's the one. Yeah. Yes, ICC. Not to be confused with the uh, 
cricket yeah so something like that for example is a prime prime thing that you guys would be looking to go like yep we can do that that's exactly the sort of investment we could do you might then put a leg of that in in Riyadh or Jeddah or wherever else that's the type of thing I'm not suggesting that's it but that type of thing fits our mandate yes okay perfect and and I mean like football would is, is there space for that in, in football, do you think? Or is, is it that maybe lower down the priority now? Yeah, given our investment in the domestic competition as the PIF, I think, you know, that's, you know, as that league continues to evolve, um, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that, which is going to be less, I mean, we have less of a focus on the international football landscape um, and the governance structures make it very challenging for us to invest in football outside of the kingdom. So I would say it's certainly a priority sport for the kingdom. Whether or not it's high on our priority list for surge, probably not at this stage. I mean, there was also the, the sort of the relationship between the Saudis and the new African Football League. Is that part of what you guys are doing at all? That being an overseas property, but obviously for a completely different... Again, we're, we're not talking to that league and I don't know too much about that league, but again, if it, if it did have those attributes that I talked to, then it would be certainly something we would be interested in. How do you balance that need for a global property with something that has appeal at home? Like how are you identifying those things? Like obviously you've got Ministry of Sport telling you what to do, but is there some organic stuff that you're able to tap into to be like this? As you would do, you do a market assessment of the, those 20 sports. Once you drill into those sports, you look at what is the governance structure in those sports, what are their attributes and, and, and how best can we bring those to life in the region? Is that through participation? Is that through elite pathways? Is that through major events? Is that through a league-based proposition? But importantly, we're investing in global IP. So it is. it needs to be a big sport with a, a big um, commercial proposition that we can leverage both internationally and in the kingdom. So, you know, you go through that assessment process, you go into each sport, you drill into it, you work out, you know, what is the landscape in that sport that, that could enable you to either invest in an existing asset or is there an opportunity to create a new one that you can do with the component parts that already exist in that sport? That must be quite fun coming up with those pitches. Just like, this sounds quite good. Maybe we could just come up with something like that. How does that pitch work? Like, how much are you feeling like you are looking to create things in order to bring them home? Yeah, look, we're not creating things in a boardroom on our own. You know, whatever we want to do is complicit with the existing stakeholders in the sport. So, like I said before, it's that com- componentry that exists already that just might not be knitted together the right way with the right product for the consumer that with slight adjustment and, and structural change could suddenly bring that sport to life again. So what we're finding is that most sports are realising that there is a pretty significant shift going on in global sport around you know the shift away from relying on linear broadcast income and going direct to consumer and how sports navigate that. One thing that I observe is that in order to do that effectively you need time sophistication and money and the reality is not all sports have all those three things if we can bring some of those three things to sports and make their transition through that choppy waters that i think the next sort of five to ten years will present then that will stand us collectively in good stead so they understand where they need to go they just need help getting there and if and like like i said earlier we want to be accretive we want to be transformative and we want to do that with the sport themselves, which is, uh, yeah, our mandate. Um, you mentioned those three things, was it time, sophistication and money. Obviously money, we kind of don't need to go into it. It's a bit gaudy to talk about. But the other two elements of that, 
Surge is a relatively young investment company, but how are you able to bring in those other two parts? I mean, like time, obviously money affords you time, but sophistication, that comes from the experience that you guys have brought in? Yeah, absolutely. I think time and money are probably linked, right? If you've got the capital, you can speed up that that growth cycle and that's something we're certainly cognizant of when we go into investments. But sophistication is something that's critical for Surge because if you look at an organisational chart of a private equity company, for example, it looks very different to Surge. We look much more similar to a sports property. We have a chief commercial officer, chief digital officer, chief investment officer, head of events because we are commercialising the assets we're investing in in the region and therefore we're investing in globally recognised talent that enable us to tap into that for our benefit as investors but importantly lend that expertise into the sports we're investing with. And, you know, I like to sort of term the the phrase, we're active capital. We're not going to invest our money and then stand back and ask you questions why you aren't delivering on the numbers you told us you're going to deliver on. We will get in the trenches and deploy our expertise, both internationally but also in the MENA region to, to drive commercial outcomes for the investments we're making. So almost kind of like a full service agency plus capital, right? Okay. Let's take a kind of practical example then, the PFL. How are you applying that model to that? I mean, we talked about how you're developing a league for uh, in the MENA region, but what are the other things that you're doing with that? So if you think about so Don Davis, the founder, and, and the CEO, Pete Murray, are amazing what they do in terms of you know, filling out event cards and, and getting the matchups and really driving the, the product that is the PFL and Bellator. You know, and they've very much been focused on the US, but when you look at their business model, which we loved, is, is the ability to create the Champions League of MMA and have PFL Europe, have PFL MENA, PFL Africa, Asia, Australia, and create this pathway. The role we can play in helping them drive that is through you know, organising sponsorship at the top co level that drives revenue for, for the PFL, setting up the PFL MENA joint venture with them by deploying and almost incubating that company with our staff. It's a big call for, you know, a sports rights holder in New York to suddenly drop into Riyadh and suddenly execute on a business plan. We can do that far easier both in Saudi Arabia and the the broader region. So whilst they can focus on the things they do really well, we can supplement that, whether that be media rights in the region, whether that be sponsorship rights in the region, event hosting rights, development pathways, um, facilities, all those things we can actually deliver for them whilst allowing them to focus on their core business. Does this mean that as it does the sort of the surge investments grow that the team is going to have to grow in order to continue to offer those things too? Yeah, I think if you take the PFL MENA example as the base case, you know, there'll be a point in time where they're big enough and capable enough to run on their own and the surge team can sort of finish your incubation and let them go alone. But that support won't stop because having the right conversations with the right stakeholders often takes you know, a level of seniority that, that you need to deploy every now and then to unlock an opportunity or solve a problem. So that support will always be there for the investments we make. But I think as they mature, their reliance on us will diminish and we can pivot our resources into newer investments and more nascent investments. To me, this sounds like an incredibly different way of approaching sports investments to things that I've heard before. Like often you get sports investments companies, but they are very focused on one thing or they're looking at one area. They don't perhaps try and provide this full service stuff that you're doing. As a leader, as someone that's running that, how long did that kind of take you to figure out or are you still figuring out how you're going to run this thing? Oh, I think we've got a pretty good idea on on how to run it. You know, I've run 
sports property businesses before, so I sort of know the different component parts you need to get right to drive the financial outcomes you need. So I think fundamentally we know how to do it. I think what will be interesting as we learn is how long that incubation period might be with our organisation. How do you ensure that you're not, I suppose, a proxy for a business when it should still be running its own show? So I think the balance between our activation around the both the Topco and, and the regional business is probably going to be something that we'll learn over time. But I think we've got a pretty clear view on what we need to do and where we can add value. And, you know, obviously impacting a sports balance sheet with your capital is one thing. Impacting its revenue is sometimes more valuable to a sport and we can do both. I think that's probably been one of the things that's been labelled at Saudi Investment in Sports is that there's, it's kind of viewed as a, a bit of a bottomless pit that it doesn't really matter commercially whether or not there's a legit business case for it because you're able to just keep on putting in cash until that goes. As an investment company, is is this a sort of saying, look, that's not how it's going to work. We want these things to run on their own. I can tell you from my conversations with my investment committee and board that there is certainly an eye on IRR and ensuring like any, whether you're a private equity company or sovereign wealth or family office, that where you're investing is paying back. You know, so at the end of the day, we want to be sophisticated in how we invest. We want to make sure we're driving the highest returns we can for the kingdom. And that will be our focus over the, the, the long term, because ultimately this is not dumb money. You know, this is sophisticated investing in sports that we think we can help transform. You know, how we go about that will probably differ from each sport to sport because they're all different. But yeah, that's what we're committed to. Yeah, so in terms of ROI, I'm guessing it's not just capital that this is being measured on because you talked about having that domestic impact and growing sports within Saudi and the MENA region as well. Are you able to kind of explain a little bit of that back-end modelling? Yeah, I think, look, we're a sport investment company by name and therefore our, our priority focus is on investing in sports that are going to deliver returns for our shareholder. So that should be no different to any other investor in the sector. I think the fact we do have some, some let's call it a softer, uh, responsibilities as an investment company will probably ensure that from time to time we might do something that might not be at the same IRR as we might be for investing in oil and gas as an example. However, there's certainly no charity involved. Like this is about driving commercial sustainability for Surge and, and our, our shareholder, but also at the same time delivering on a, I suppose, vision for how the kingdom wants to see sport evolve as a really important player in its culture and its economy. So there are other elements of that that at this stage we still haven't worked out KPIs and the like for those type of things, whether it be participation, growth, mobility, metrics, number of events, those type of things. They'll come down the track once we get more investments into the organisation. And that stuff will be dictated by the, the Ministry of Sport, right? Yeah, we work very closely with them. His Excellency Badr Al-Khadi is on our on our board for a reason to ensure that you know the way we're thinking about the investments is aligned into the broader ministry's strategy and we work day-to-day with them on events and all those other things that, that they're looking to bring to life in the various different sports that they've got focus on. So, yeah, we see this as a collective effort. We've got our respective roles to play, but we certainly work very closely. If we can, I'd like to just talk a little bit about you personally. Like, Have you had to adapt your process and your the way you lead differently in this company not really I, I don't think so I think you know my style's always been my style I suppose and I think to lead with authenticity you have to just be who you are I think you know I've worked in very different organizations uh, you know a global agency play that was very much around a few of us who made all the decisions and governance I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been the poster child for governance you know, I think when you're running 
sporting clubs and leagues and the level of governance goes up. I think when you're working in a place like Surge with the PIF as your shareholder, certainly governance is something that is very important to them and ensuring the processes and things are there. So that's probably an elevated level of that than I was used to in the past. But I think it's good practice, you know, at the end of the day, to be a sophisticated investor and contributor to a sector, you got to have a strong governance to back you up. And I think they've certainly got that. I think when I look at people and dealing with people, just highly educated, motivated, you know, wanting to learn the subject matter. Uh, if, you know, if there's the reason they bring expats in is to help them learn certain components of that subject matter that they may not have as young Saudis who've been educated in Ivy League schools or whatever else they've been to. Yeah, they're like sponges. They're, they, their work ethic is amazing. Their education levels are, are very strong and they're willing to roll up their sleeves and get stuck into it, which has been you know, hugely refreshing for me to get here and see that. You mentioned your, your management style. How would you define that? probably best for someone else to ask uh, to answer but I think look I always like to empower people I'm not a massive micromanager I like to sort of set a path and, and just execute you know I'm big on action and seeing things happen so I think get judged on how you execute and what runs you get on the board rather than talk so I think you'll see surge if I'm able to execute like I know I can, we'll do some pretty exciting things pretty quickly because I think, like I said, I'm very much about action-oriented. I want to make sure we we are known for something as well in that if you fast forward five, ten years, part of the interest for me joining this project was not ju- just the investment bit but the more broader mandate. I think if, if it was all about investment, and I think I said this in my interview, it was like, well, you need a banker. You don't need me. I'm a I'm a sports operator. I'm a commercial guy in sport. Yes, I do, I've done M and A deals. I know enough to be dangerous. But ultimately, for me, I'm an operator. And and what's what's exciting about this opportunity is investing in those sports, helping them get to a higher level, deploying those sports into the kingdom, and genuinely affecting change. And I think if I can, however long I'm here, and look back on that, and I've had a made some fantastic investments, made the kingdom a bunch of money, but also had some impact on the people that worked closely with me but also the broader sports sector of Saudi Arabia then I'll be proud of what we've done. Is that what attracted you to the job was that challenge? Yeah I think so that was a bit that that I when I first was approached about the job I I sort of wanted to understand the bigger picture because if it was a simply a sports investment company like I said I could give you a long list of very accomplished bankers who've done M&A deals in sport but then we would be just another player like that in the sports landscape. And the fact that we wanted to be different and the kingdom had a vision and the PIF had a vision for us to be different, to have that broader mandate, that was the bit that excited me about the role. And I think as I've got into the role, all of you know that strategic vision is there in abundance and that's what's exciting. What is one thing you would like the industry to understand about Surge that perhaps has maybe been missed in some of the commentary so far? Yeah, I think we have purposely not said a lot publicly over the last three or four months because I was new in the role when we were betting down our org plan and our strategy. So, you know, I think you'll hear more from us over the next little while as, as we start to tell that story because I think the authenticity around what we're doing is there and, and I think His Royal Highness Prince Abdulaziz, the sports minister, says it and, and I think it's right. He said, judge us after you've been here. So come to Saudi Arabia, see the genuine 
passion for for change, the passion for growing a sports industry, for delivering on social change around how Saudis participate in sport. But equally then on the flip side, that same passion for improving global sports and being accretive to to what those currently sports are doing. So that authenticity is something I think people will start to see more of. But I would also encourage people to to really understand, you know, the broader strategy of the kingdom before they judge. Just as a final follow-up then, as you mentioned the, the sort of that authenticity play, is that the answer? Is that the kind of the answer to the sports washing question? Yeah, I think sports washing really is is almost a little bit of a joke these days. Which industry doesn't want to improve their reputation and improve the way they go about doing their business? And I think you'll see from the breadth of commitment, not just in sport, but from the kingdom to change, to evolve, to develop, to deliver, not just in the kingdom, but more broadly is there, that conviction's there, the capacity is there, and it's genuine. And I think when you see that, those conversations almost, you you laugh them off because they're just not real. You know, this is about a a genuine commitment to to growing the sports sector and you call that what you like. I think His Royal Highness may have said that in an interview. You know, we, we know why we're doing things and what we're doing and I think the proof will be there for all to see over time as the impact that we will have on the the sports landscape and more broadly the economy and the diversity of that in Saudi Arabia and the region. So like I said, I I have a very front row seat to the sports industry but I know I've got other colleagues in other sectors in Saudi who who are just sitting there watching exactly the same show. Sounds like you're going to be having a front row seat to some pretty exciting sports events over the next 10 years or so as well. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I know, you know, like I said, there's an ambition there to do that across lots of sports and the Asian Cup coming up is one of those. You know, we've got, fingers crossed, we can close out the World Cup and have that in, in the near future. And I think those major events along with, you know, a, a F1's on in Jeddah in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, there is a, an interesting calendar of events staying to form, which I look forward to attending. Lovely stuff. Danny, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. 